It's so wonderful to see so many faces and people because every time I see one person, I've made up my mind to pay attention to the reality that one person is an original idea and thought of God. Thought precedes creation. My question to you is who thought of you that you would be here today and it wasn't your parents? They had a part to play, but they didn't know who was going to show up. Jeremiah said, you before, God said, before I, I knew you, I, I, before I formed you in, in, in your mother's womb, I knew you. Thought precedes creation. And I like to say that God fell in love with the thought of you so much, he just had to make you. So that one day, you and him could be face to face. And now, I'm just, I'm just going to speak out of my heart. I have like 1,033 messages I want to share with you in like 20 minutes. But John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That word with literally means face to face. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, God's living expression, the visible of the invisible, the blueprint in the life of your design. And he was face to face with God. And I just picture Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God hanging out, and some of you heard this yesterday, but I just see God have a grin on his face, a twinkle in his eye, and the Holy Spirit and Jesus, what's your name? Yeah, Carmen. And Holy Spirit and Jesus see God, and God's just kind of grinning. And Jesus says, Dad, what's on your mind? It's, oh, this is a magnificent thought. I've never had this thought before. Holy Spirit's like, come on, come on, come on, let's make something. What's on your mind? What are you thinking, Dad? You just have this big grin. He's, oh, it's, I've never had this thought. This is amazing. Well, what is it? What is this thought? And God says, I call it Carmen. And I'm falling in love with the thought of Carmen so much, we just have to make her in our image and likeness. What do you guys say? And they all team up in the Holy Spirit. It's just, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Let's make her, let's make her. And she's created in the image and likeness of God. And then just like in the beginning, Genesis 1-1, and the, the, the Holy Spirit, I picture this mystically, is hovering over the dark waters of the face of her heart just as he did in the beginning, hovering. And what is he waiting for? He's waiting now for Dad to say over Carmen's heart, just say it, God, say it, Dad, say it, say it, say it. I'm wooing her, I'm wooing her, I'm wooing her. And then all of a sudden, God says, let there be light. And, and Carmen comes alive. Her spirit is born afresh and new. Every salvation is a Genesis 1-1 moment as far as I'm concerned. And you are light in the Lord. And so every time you encounter another person, it's an opportunity to co-create with the Holy Spirit. And in, in deed and presence and fashion, however, we're always saying, in a sense, let there be light. Jesus said, believe in the light and so become children of light. You are light in the Lord, and that means wherever you go, you own the atmosphere. Look at what light is doing in this place. Where is, darkness has no choice. There's no debate or caucus. It's done. This light came into the world and darkness could not comprehend it, understand it, overtake it, overwhelm it. Jen is light in the Lord. Darkness cannot comprehend her. <laughs> you are light in the Lord. Darkness cannot overcome you. 
Now, I'm saying, hear me. I went through 10 years of clinical depression as a believer hosting a contemporary Christian radio show. I was on lithium, Lamictal, Lexapro, Effexor. I was cutting myself with a knife. I was so tormented. I was abusing alcohol. I was on meds for six years. Was it dark? Yes. But did darkness completely overwhelm me? No. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> so that's one thing. <clears throat> I woke up this morning. Well, I'll put it this way. The week I was healed of clinical depression in 2008, the Holy Spirit, I was sitting on a couch bloated with lithium. My wife was ministering in Greece. And the Holy Spirit showed up and asked me a profound question, and then he said something. The question he asked is, Craig, how human do you think you're allowed to be? It was a profound question because all of a sudden it revealed I thought I had to be other than. I had to be superhuman. I wasn't allowed to feel. I was raised in a home. Don't you dare express anger. You shut that down. And you will perform to make me look good. Well, classic definition of depression is anger turned inwards. So I stuffed that down, and it had to, had to manifest somewhere. So I took it out on myself, cutting myself with a knife, a demonic manifestation, as a believer. <clears throat> and then the Holy Spirit... Holy Spirit then said, Behold, Craig, I've given you my glory. I was like, what is, what is that? What does that mean? And it was a prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, 22. He was praying over his disciples. He was praying over you and me. And he said, Behold, the glory the Father has given me, I've given to you, so that you may be one. That's past tense. Behold, Jesus says to you today, Behold, I have given you the Father's glory. Past tense. So what glory is he talking about? When you do all the word search, doxa, and find the base word of doxa, what he was saying is this, to the best of my knowledge so far. <clears throat> this glory is God's good intention, good opinion, and original thought that he's always had before you, for you, before sin ever entered the picture. That's his glory. And Jesus came and manifested the original idea and intention and good opinion of God to all of us. So he was able to say, behold, what you see here is the glory of God. Jesus is God's mind made up about you. And I give it to you. And what sin has done is darkened our understanding to the true nature of God and how he has always from the very beginning seen us. In Christ, Ephesians 1.4, you have been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Another translation says, before sin ever entered the picture, you have been chosen in Christ to be face-to-face -face before God, innocent, redeemed, holy, blameless, righteous. 
And Jesus comes and reveals that beautiful glory. And sin just messed it all. It darkened our understanding to the true nature of God and your true nature as revealed in Christ once you join yourself to him. And so it made us ignorant to the light and to him, and it made us dead in our sin. And if you have not given your life to Christ, if you, not, if you haven't given your life to the one who is your life, my advice is do it now. And I say this to you to encourage you. Right now, if you haven't, you're dead in your sin. You are dead in your sin. I was dead. I just didn't practice darkness according to Galatians. I was darkness, but now I am light in the Lord. Therefore, I walk as a child of light. You who belong to the Lord, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. If you have not joined yourself to the Lord, if you're still dabbling in the ignorance and the deception that sin has caused, where you do not have a proper understanding of God, it's because of sin. But God is reconciling. He said, be reconciled. Do you know what that means, to reconcile something? There had to be a former state of bliss. Otherwise, he wouldn't use the word reconcile. For Marvin and I, if somewhere, well, here, I don't know you at all. What's your name? If Marvin said, Craig, be reconciled to Nikki, I'm like, but I don't know her. There's, we've never had a relationship to reconcile. So here we have the ministry and the message of reconciliation. God is saying to you and me, all who have sinned and fall short of God's glory, fall short of God's good intention and original opinion and thought, that's the glory we fell from, right? And so now God is saying, be reconciled. And what he's saying is the original intention and good opinion, the bliss I've had from the very beginning, the foundation of the world, come back home. It's such good news in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. He, it, it, we read, God has not counted your sins against you. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Do you realize how many people have not heard that message? But that's the message and the ministry God has given to you. If you have joined yourself to the Lord, you are, you are a new creation ambassador with a message and a ministry. And that message and ministry is reconciliation. So if you have not given your life to Christ, first and foremost, and you want to fall in love and put your trust in the one who gave you life, it's all Christ. You were, you were made for him. You exist for him. In and of him and by him and through him, it's all Christ. Give your life to him. He's the one who gave you life. He probably knows what you should do with it. So if you want to give your life to Christ and you haven't, come here now, please. Come up right now and do it. Put your trust in the Lord. Choose this day whom you will serve. Do you want God or Satan, heaven or hell? Give yourself to the one who gave you life. Okay? Let's do it. Come up. Let's pray. Let's have fun. Let's feast. Feast on life. Feast on life. Your sins are forgiven. He hasn't counted your sins against you. So there's that. Oh, man, it's already 1136. Come on. Jesus perfected life in the power of the Spirit as a man. Jesus perfected life in the power of the Spirit as a man. I want to share in the remaining minutes um, a particular manifestation of dunamis. It's the Greek word for power. It's about 120 times revealed in the New Testament. 
and it can mean strength and ability. A primary meaning of it is miracle, miraculous signs and wonders working power. But I want to reveal to you one of my favorite manifestations of dunamis. Another meaning of this dunamis, this power, the Holy Spirit is in you for many reasons. But focusing on power, not just for signs and wonders and to bring healing, to do what Jesus said to do. Lay hands on the sick, they will freely you've received, freely give. Cast out demons, raise the dead. Right? But the Holy Spirit is in you also for something called excellence of soul. That's another meaning of dunamis. Excellence of soul. Since Jesus perfected life in the power of the Spirit as a man, this also means he was the first man to, to perfectly manage his soul. Does that just freak you out? Because usually, I, I, I confess, when I think of Jesus, I just think Jesus, Spirit, but I forget that he, he had a soul. He has a soul. Just like you and me, he was human in every way, yet without sin. This guy had absolute excellence of soul. It's stupefying. Imagine, imagine your mind being moved only by the Holy Spirit, your will being moved only by the Holy Spirit, your emotions being navigated only by the Spirit of God. Excellence of soul. It's amazing and stupefying to know that the soul of Jesus was not moved by any other impulse, by any spirit other than the Holy Spirit. And I think God wants to put on display through us not just his spirit, but Jesus' soul. The dunamis of God wants to reveal to the world not just signs and wonders and miracles and, hey, bring it, but also what I call miracles of soul. There are miracles of soul this world has got to see. Your neighbors, your coworkers, the gas station attendant, the cashier. Because they're experiencing manifestations of unredeemed souls. What are miracles of souls? Mir miracles of soul. Uh, gentle answers turning away wrath. Do you know that's a miracle of soul? Being slow to anger, quick to forgive, blessing those who curse you, praying for those who mistreat you. Do you, need, do you know you need the power of God to do that? Loving your enemies, extending mercy and grace, loving those who flat don't love you. That is a miracle. That is dunamis, excellence of soul. I want that. It seems to me Jesus really liked to highlight this stuff. Check out the Beatitudes. Merciful, humble, pure of heart, peacemakers. That's excellence of soul. <clears throat> Trying to whittle this down a bit. Ah, here we go. Excellence of soul is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane saying two things. On one hand, he says, my soul is grieved to the point of death. Now, if I would have said that, I wouldn't, 
my response would have been completely different. But Jesus does this. He says, my soul. He tells his disciples, our Jesus. <laughs> our Jesus and his soul, his mind, will, and emotions grieved to the point of death. And then in that moment of grief, sweating blood, and in that moment, the spirit of all the things the spirit could have done, here comes dunamis in a manifestation of excellence of soul to the point where all of a sudden Jesus could say, but not my will, but my father's be done. That's excellence of soul. That's power. And here's what's so beautiful. You know what this dunamis really is? It's Christ. <laughs> we read in Corinthians, Christ, the wisdom of God. Christ, the power of God. The dunamis of God. So our souls can be strengthened. Do you know our souls can be strengthened and healed by realizing one primary reality? Because <clears throat> there's, I'm, just to be frank, there's a lot in my mind, will, and emotions that need help. <laughs> just put it that way. I need dunamis. Would you agree for your sake? How quick anger, how quick the unrighteous anger. There's a righteous indignation, you know, that tips over tables, right? But how quick this irritation, this self-centered, self, 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 self. I want dunamis. I want excellence of soul. I just don't want to, by God's grace and his power, to heal someone physically. But I want, I want possibly for the first time that cashier behind the counter. And you acknowledge that person's humanity. And you call that person by name. And then you give them a gentle greeting. And you extend this otherworldly thing. This kingdom thing called kindness, which is a fruit of the Spirit. Paul's primary criterion for authentic faith is in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves to make sure you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Now, here's the test. He continues. Do you not know that Christ is in you? That's the test. That's the test. And he goes on. If not, you have failed the test. If you wonder, I wonder if I'm in the faith. First of all, if you're wondering that, I think you are in the faith because no one who doesn't have faith has ever wondered that. Before I knew Jesus, I never wondered. I wonder if I'm in the faith. <clears throat> Right? But here's the beautiful. I love how he's given us this, the anchor, the, the plumb line, the, 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 this pile driver of a reality, a simple test. Do you not know that Christ is in you? And the Aramaic translation is this. Now your souls will be strengthened. Check this out. We're talking about excellence of soul, right? Here's the Aramaic, one of Jesus' favorite languages. It's what he spoke, beautiful language. It even had something called sound meaning. 
That means the name of Chris Johnson just doesn't have a meaning, but the sound of Chris Johnson has a meaning. <laughs> what? Here's the Aramaic. Now your souls will be strengthened and healed if you hold steadfast to your faith. Haven't you already experienced Christ Jesus living in you? If not, you are deficient. Healing of our souls happens. This power, this dunamis, this excellence of soul happens the moment. And this is a moment. I need to be reminded of this. That's why he, he brings this up. I need to be reminded about every 37 seconds, maybe even quicker than that, Christ is in me. Oh, right, Christ is in me. I'm irritated. No, Christ is in me. I don't, like, I don't want to be around that person. Christ is in me. I do not want to love that person. Christ is, is Christ in you, Craig? Or are you, have not, you, you're not perceiving that and thus failing the test right now? Okay, so it's 1146. This is my radio thing kicking in here. I'm always watching the freaking clock, so All right, what are you supposed to do? Get your kids. I have no idea where they are. Go get them. That sounds horrible. Get your kids. Where are they? No one knows. Christ in me. Christ in me. Are the kids coming back in here? Can I continue or are we done? The anointing of and with the Holy Spirit is in you not only for true life signs and wonders and miracles and the fruit of the Spirit and the Beatitudes, but also for excellence of soul, excellence of mind, will, emotions, intellect, and imagination. Yes? 1 Corinthians 2.16 in the Amplified, but we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and we do hold, check this out, it says in the Amplified, and we do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. <laughs> I want to hold. We hold. that God, through, through Holy Scripture, is saying, you who realize Christ is once you join your, those, the Scripture says, those who are joined to the Lord are one spirit, literally one breath. Before I knew the Lord, I was asphyxiating. I was asthmatic. I was breathing on my own. Then I joined myself to the Lord and <sighs> unforced rhythms of grace. And we're breathing on our own with him. We're breathing with him. We have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. This word mind in the Greek, when you do all the fancy word searching, it means this, comprising alike the faculties of perceiving and understanding. Now, this is talking about Jesus. I'll put it this way. <clears throat> we hold the faculties of perceiving and understanding, feelings, judgment, and, de and determining uh, the intellectual faculty and the higher powers of the soul. We hold all of that that Christ holds. We hold his faculties of perceiving. I'll put it this way. Another translation says this. We possess Christ's perceptions. <laughs> and you have to admit, we have many perceptions that don't match up with his perception based on feeling, thought, and emotion, emotional sensations, deceptive brain patterns, right? And I'm feeling this. I'm feeling, you know, it's like Grinch. Max, I'm feeling. What is this? That kind of a thing. Right, and he's freaking out, and he's, his dog is now his confessor and all that. Don't know what to do with it. 
but you have been plugged in. I'm going to say it, not just to the spirit of Jesus, but to the soul of Jesus. Have you ever thought of that? You've been plugged into his very soul, his mind, will, and emotions, and to exhibit that to people, where everyone, and you see, you see our nation, all this stuff, I mean, there's such manifestation of a non-excellence of soul. <laughs> we need to show up and give excellence of soul by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the revelation of Christ in you is your weapon against that which wages war against your soul. I'll end with this and then, yes, I'll end with this. Oh, right, the other thing. I'm sorry. The revelation of Christ in you, the revelation of Christ in you is your weapon against that which wages war against your soul. So we read in Scripture, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. Now that's in the context of sexual immorality, and amen to that. And I would think, and all that that implies. I don't have to create a list. Okay? But then all of a sudden it hit me. Self-pity is a fleshly lust that I've practiced. Self-righteousness is a fleshly lust. Being overly self-conscious, a fleshly lust. Self-promoting, self-glorification, self-comparison, self-loathing. You know what those are? Fleshly lusts that are waging war against your soul. They're what I call, some other guy called, the self-sins. See, the, the, all the outer ones, those are easy, right? We see them, we can, you know. But it's the self ones are deceptive because <clears throat> they're tucked in here somewhere. And they can almost peel, appear holy and right. It's distrust. I befriended low self-esteem. Has anybody ever done that? I want you to know that's a fleshly lust that is waging war against your soul. Shame, fear, resentment, unworthiness, perfectionism, defensiveness, all fleshly lusts. But Christ is in me. And Christ is in you. And he has weaponized you. So that when those things come up, and they will because we're human, but then I can say, by the grace of God, and you can say, by the grace of God, wait a minute, Christ is in me. That means I not only have his soul, his spirit, I have his soul. I have access to his perceptions. And low self-esteem, I break agreement with you in the name of Jesus Christ, and I take on the reality that what is true of Christ is true of me because I'm joined to him and I'm a partaker of his divine nature. It's just like that. Self-criticism, I break agreement with you now. I'm done with you. And I come to this moment where I am made. You come to this moment where you are made most alive, and that is your spirit, made alive to God in Christ Jesus. And I come to this moment, and I dictate to my soul, my mind, will, and emotions. I introduce to you time and time again, 
dunamis, the excellence of soul, the soul of my God, Jesus Christ, the soul of Jesus, his perceptions, his thoughts, his feelings. That's part of the good fight of faith, I think. Amen? Excellence of soul. <clears throat> Amen, dude. Um, Jesus. Come on, Christine. So many things can happen right now. Um, do you have something on your mind? Okay, great. Great. Thanks. Did you already have an idea? I have numerous ideas, but let's hear yours. Let's hear yours first. I do want to give one more appeal, just because this is the evangelist in me. I can't help it. But if you have not given your life to the one who, who has given you life, if you have not given your life to Jesus, if you have not given, put your trust in him, and you want to follow him and enter into a life of self-denial and daily cross-caring, and he will empower you for that, please come forward now. And do not remain dead in your sin, but become dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen.